Out From Work Podcast. My name's Dave Swillam. Let's get ready to hustle. Welcome back to the Waking Up From Work podcast. You're listening to episode 167 of the show tonight. This is where we get to work, making work a passion, living, creative, full-time. If you're new to the show, this is where we interview artists, entrepreneurs, creatives, and people living alternative lives, doing the things that they want to do instead of what they're told to do or what they're supposed to do or what's always been done. So On this episode tonight, we're going to have a shorter solo episode. And then on the next episode, this Thursday, we are going to have another guest on. We're going to have Colin, uh, who is a skateboarder that I hired to be in my music video recently for Broadwing. And he is a sick skater, first of all. He did like some jumps and flips over me and some crazy shit. But he also has a clothing brand and does uh, has a band and does some other things like that. So I wanted to get him on here after we chatted. So you have that to look forward to and hang with us on Thursday. Today, I want to talk about something that we recently uh, kind of talked about a little bit uh, with some uh, some of our guests recently, like Andrew Oliver. I know that we did a little bit and I think it's been on and off the show. And uh, that's the idea of the starving artists. So if you've listened to the show for a while, uh, you'll know that many times my stance on a starving artist is that I really just don't feel that that has to be that way. And that people often do it for the image uh, of it because it is like really kind of neat to see someone just kind of like making making it happen. And I know more than anyone coming from like a punk alternative background, sometimes you, you got to create the image. And And I've talked about that before and I totally get it. But uh, you don't have to be a starving artist. Like I really disagree with that. And I would totally argue with anyone out there that wanted to have the argument. And I guess like it would definitely come down to, you know, how uh, there, there's many situations out there. I'm super aware of that. So whenever I'm talking on the show, there are different situations out there that that call for many, many different realities. But I'm always talking on here from like a generality or from what I'm seeing in my life or from what I'm hearing from people when I'm talking with them uh, every week. So obviously there's a lot of variation there. So if you're in a spot or something, then uh, yeah, just know I've been there too. And I continue to be there many times. But today I want to talk about it. I want to pull it out of some of those episodes right there because I feel like a lot of times I speak with people when they've kind of like given up on things and they've moved on to just not want to try anymore. Many times it's about like, they don't feel like they can do this life and have a family or they can do this life and have a committed relationship or they can have some of the material things or even just like their living situation. They just want a healthy living environment and they feel like they can't have that while being an artist. And I feel like that stops many, many people. And so I want to, get rid of that. So that that way, if these people choose to stop, it's simply because they're choosing to stop, but not because they feel like they can't have their cake and eat it too. And that's what I always say to Meg is that I want to have my cake. I want to eat it too. And I don't think that's wrong of anyone to ask of life. I think that uh, there's many, uh, you know, 
I'm very privileged and, and have a lot of things that were given to me in my life here that I'm really grateful for. And I know that there's a lot of countries out there and wars and crazy shit that makes it so that we don't get to ask for more than basic human needs to be met. But I mean, but I guess when I'm talking about this situation here, I'm talking about in a, in a place that doesn't have anything absolutely impossible happening, uh, where you can focus on, on more than, uh, just your human needs. I think that you can have your cake and eat it too. And what I mean by that is that you can pursue a creative career. You can pursue your art or the thing that you love as your passion. And you can also make a healthy amount of income as well, or you can make the income and living cost of living debt to income ratio balance in a way that makes you feel like you're living rich, right? You can lower your cost of living, lower your, you lower your overhead, do things to kill, uh, what's against you and make it so you can have the same life. There's a lot of ways to kind of approach it. And a lot of people do it very differently to get to the same spot. But uh, yeah, let's get rid of the idea of a starving artist. So today I'm going to talk about a few things that are either working for me, I've done in the past, or I'm working on right now, or they could be things that I've talked to other people on or seen other people succeed in uh, close to me. So these are things that are happening. and. I just want to give you some ideas. Maybe if you're trying to create more income from what you're doing, if you are pursuing your creative right now and you're living that ramen diet, we've all been there. Uh, this is maybe some ways to create income or to kill some overhead and make it so that you're not a starving artist. And before we get into some of these ideas or these things that are working or not working, I want to very quickly say that when I'm saying this right now, I'm saying like long term. I'm not necessarily saying like little short bursts. I get into little crunch periods where I'm not doing well financially. It's because I might have taken more risk than uh, I should have at the time, or because the economy changed on me while I was in the middle of some stuff, or whatever. Or just when I was younger, many different times. Uh, there are times in place to be a starving artist. That's not what I'm saying. That that at no point you should be. Uh, I think that many times you take a risk, you make a move, you uh, try to get somewhere and make it happen. Just kind of use what you have. I absolutely don't want to downplay that at all. I think that everyone should do that and that that you should do whatever you have to, uh, to do it. And then I would do any of those things if it meant that I got to do what I, I love to do all the time for my life. But what I am saying is just like long-term, when you're talking about what does your life look like as an artist? I think that the perception many times is that the whole life is a starving artist. And that's really what I want to crush right now is just get that out of there is that your whole life doesn't have to be a starving artist. There's many little time periods or little things in your way where you'll go through these phases, but your life doesn't have to be set up that way. And so that's what I want to talk about today, just to clarify. So let's talk about some different ways that we can make money. And then we'll talk about kind of in between all there, how we can maybe save money. But how do we make more money in the same situation that we're in right now? This is presuming that people have like basic needs met and you're in some situation where maybe you're living paycheck to paycheck or you're, you're living pretty tight, but you have all your basic needs met. So you have the ability to do things in some capacity. So uh, if you're not in that situation, then go listen way, way back. I have an episode about trying to get out of living paycheck to paycheck. This would be a little bit financy, but this is just really like kind of like setting things up for 
success on this episode. The first one I've talked about many times. So we're coming up here about three years ago, I bought my first like actual uh, like income property where I bought a house and I rented it out to students. On that trip, when I went down to buy that property, I listened to the, the audiobook Rich Dad, Poor Dad. And between that and that experience, that really changed my outlook of like what truly a passive investment looked like or what I could actually do with things that I owned to make it so that my life changed. Because it just changed my life pretty dramatically. It got me through some really, really difficult times where if I didn't do that, I don't even know if I'd be here talking with you. And yeah. So like, first off, I just want to talk about it again. And I'm sorry to hit people over the head with it, but real estate is huge for me now that I have seen these things work for me. And before you get freaked out, if you have never messed with it before, because it's not like I knew what I was doing and it's not like I have an empire now I'm selling that place and I'm getting like one more and I'm trying to expand out and do a bunch of Airbnbs with like Meg handling that side now. Uh, but it's not like it's like a, anything crazy. It's just one extra space that I had, but it meant a lot to me. And so when I'm talking about real estate, it could be as simple as just like murdering your overhead cost of living. Like, how do I do things to make it so that my cost of living is zero or positive for me? And I want to start the conversation really with anyone out there before they have purchased a home or like gone on like a life trajectory. Cause I wish I just did this stuff earlier. And that's just like, when you're going to find your place to live, maybe you're looking for an apartment, you're trying to move to a different city, you're trying to buy a place, whatever you're trying to do. I want, if you're trying to live this way, if you want to not be a starving artist and just have no fear in your choices and, and have that flexibility, then I want you to think about how do I take whatever this living situation is and make it so I zero out how much it costs me to live or make it like super, super, super minimal or I make money off of where I'm living at so that that way I can do the things that I want to do more frequently or all of the time. That to me seems to be one of the number one killers out there is cost of living and like a fixed overhead cost of living that just traps people, especially people that get like owned by their house when they buy way, way too high and it just traps them in their specific field or anything like that. It really sucks to be house poor. I've, I've been there. And it's super shitty. And so think about when you're finding your place to live, how can I, when I'm touring these places, when you're actively touring it with someone and you're looking at this building, how can I take this thing and make it so that I have low cost, no cost, or I'm making money off of it? So first, first setup, if you're buying, house hacking is really popular. It's a term that I started hearing on Bigger Pockets. Say, you want to buy a house, you have a family or you want to start a family or you just want more space. Think about your first home, maybe buying a duplex and then living in half of it and renting out the other half and making your mortgage zero out. That's huge. On top of that, you'll save money on the, the real estate with taxes and all sorts of different things that I'm not going to go in depth in, but that's huge. Maybe you uh, buy a condo and you can get roommates and then they rent out different rooms. Maybe you can all rent a house together or rent uh, an apartment place and you can do things to take up less room or things like that and rent out rooms to people or with people and make it so that you just don't spend a lot for rent. You know, there was a time where Meg was living apart from me for a year and I moved into a house with friends and I spent like $400 a month or something on rent. 
or, or, or less. And that got me through a lot of difficult income situations where I was out of income for like two or three months entirely or uh, times when the, the market was really bad. So you can do things like that where you purchase something with the idea of making money off of it in some capacity where you're able to rent out different sections of it. Or maybe you are able to take a piece of your land and rent something behind it. Maybe you can put, uh, you have a different place to do like the, a tent or something like that. There's so many things out there that you can rent out. And we're going to talk about this in a second. Rent out things that you have that I would consider a liability and turn it into uh, kind of an asset. So all you accountants out there, you're going to just hate me for using that terminology because it's, pro- it's just straight up not true. But this is the way I, I just want people to think about it for the moment like that. So what can you do with where you are going to live specifically when you're making that selection to make it so that your cost of fixed living overhead is not stopping you from the thing that you want to do? So I see a lot of people kind of get into these situations. They just need to move or they want to move or they're sick of it, whatever. And they just fire it and they just do it. And that kind of puts them in a position for a little while and it like really slows them down. Think about this right off the bat. If you're trying to make it so that you're really, really, really flexible, think about how you can do that. Even me right now, what I'm doing is I divided my house. There's a single family that I bought up here in Maine to do this barn project at. And I divided it legally into a duplex. And then we're finishing half of it that was unfinished into a Airbnb, like a luxury Airbnb. And, and, looking through some analyzing tools, it looks like it's going to perform really well for us. And so that's taking space that I already am paying for. I already bought this house to be my living situation, but we bought it strategically to make it so we could take different pieces of it that we weren't using that we have more than we know what to do with. We don't have uh, kids yet. Even with kids, we have enough space to not use the space. It's just a, a large old farmhouse and it's cost a lot to put into it to make it this. But we planned on how can we use the space to generate income aside from where I live. So think about that. Do something to lower your cost of living, get rid of it, or maybe even make money just from where you're existing at. That will go such a huge way for you in terms of flexibility. So I'm going to catapult that right into this next one because I started talking about it. I kind of let, let it out of the, uh, the jar here. How do I pull monies? How do I monies? How do I pull money? out of the liabilities that I have and turn them into an asset. So this is what I'm saying that accountants probably hate because it's just not true, but it kind of is too. So what do I have right now or what do I have access to that I might be able to rent out right now? So the amount of things out there for apps to be able to rent things that you own right now is absolutely incredible, blowing up, and I don't think that it's going to go away. I think it's just going to continue to get ingrained with the way that we do things. And it's a huge, huge opportunity for me and for you and for everyone out there to be able to make more money like a business does only on your own scale and what, what, with what you have. And it's amazing. It's giving power back to the people. It's really great thing to see. And I'm seeing a lot of friends and, uh, and people that I've rented from making a lot of money and also getting great things from them at a lower cost. So it's just net net, a lot of good that I'm seeing from it. So we just talked about like an Airbnb that I'm doing 
we just talked about house hacking and things that we could do in terms of like an actual rental and renting rooms or whatever it is, right? Let's talk about what things do you have that you might be able to rent out. Maybe you have a car that you don't use on the weekends or you don't use a day of the week. You can use this app called Turo. You can rent your car out to people. You can charge them an extra fee if you bring it to the airport and then you can get an Uber back home. Yes, it's a lot of effort, but if you do that every single weekend, if you straight up don't need it on the weekend or you don't need it for a certain time, then that stuff adds up. Maybe you could rent out, like I said, a a piece of your land for people to camp on. Maybe you have a camper or a boat or a pool. All of those can be rented out on apps right now. Even if you have like a kayak or something like that, that's probably like a little bit harder to rent out than like a nice boat or something like that. But you can rent any of those things out. You can rent your pool for some time. If you had a pool in the backyard, which I know that a lot of us don't, but uh, say say even you had a, a parent or a friend or something that doesn't know how to do this stuff, maybe you could cut a deal with them to help them rent it if they're in on it and then just split the profits, right? There's a lot of ways to be creative with what you have. There are apps to rent your pool to other people so they can throw like a pool party or so that they can go hang out by a pool and not have to buy a pool or something like that. And the same thing for boats, the same thing to use your car instead of going to Enterprise or or whatever, all the other rental car companies, they have that app Turo that people are using. And it's the same thing as like Airbnb where they're they're saving money from hotels. They're getting things more specific to what they want and they're renting that from people. And people are renting out places to go camping or places to park their camper van when they're traveling, or they'll rent out your camper. If you have a camper, like a pop-up tent or anything like that, there are ways to rent out things that you have that would be a liability. It's something that's depreciating. It's something that's not necessarily before you did this an income generating asset. It's something that requires you know fees or taxes or things to just keep it alive and keep it around and keep it out and active. How can you take the things that you have? Maybe it's equipment. If you know I'm an audio person, I can rent my equipment. Or I can rent my music uh, instruments for backline. Maybe it's even like literally as simple, like you have none of this stuff, but you just have like a little bit extra space or you can make it. Even renting storage space to people so that they don't have to pay for high storage space costs or rent a place for them to keep their boat or motorcycle or anything. I'm just throwing a million ideas with you. You're, you're going to tell me or just not tell me and just do your own thing, but you're going to pick out what works for you. But think about how can I kill my cost of living How can I maybe even make money off of my cost of living? Then how can I take these things that would normally just be a liability to me and make it something that's income generating? Those are two mega, mega ways that you can change a lot of your life, especially if you're trying, you have like a very focused goal. So for me, I have very focused goals right now to get this Airbnb done because that helps me focus on my barn project because I have more income being generated. So I'm very focused on that right now. There are certain goals that I have where I will take money and have it move into another account specifically with the purchase, uh, the, uh, specifically with the point of purchasing something that moves that goal ahead, right? So I might do some of these things or I might do it extra and work even harder for like a crunch period so that I can make that happen. So maybe you're a band or you do content creation like me or you do some other things, you're a creator of some sort, or you have anything that people recognize your name in some way, you've, you've created a brand for yourself. 
Think about selling merch. What can people buy to invest in you? Right now, I'm setting up right now with uh, Simon Pellet from a couple of the episodes. So shout out Simon from Skinny Armadillo Company. I've shouted them out a couple of times because they've been really good with helping me get creative on this. I'm working on making it so that my band merch and some of this waking up from work uh, merch that I'm revamping into like a different name can be sold direct to you and direct to anyone that wants to invest in me. And basically when someone buys a shirt, I don't have any of it in my house. I don't have any of it that I'm putting into the uh, shipping to ship out to you unless it's like special products. There's certain ones that I'll have around that I'll do myself, but it will automatically be fulfilled if you buy it through Instagram or YouTube or my websites it will automatically be created and fulfilled and sent out from someone. And then the profit will be put into a bank account for me to try to pay for the plethora of things that I have to pay for to keep all this stuff working. But that's a way to be able to invest in something that generates income very passively and not have high touch on it. Because once those things are going, it's a lot of work for me right now, getting this going, creating designs, all these things. Once it's going though, maybe it's not a million things that are selling, but that's something that I really don't have to do anything to generate income. I'm not investing upfront in that merch. So I'm not buying hundreds and hundreds of shirts and then I'm on the line to sell them for a certain margin. I'm not buying anything. I'm I'm investing in the design, uh, but I'm not paying for anything. And then I'm able to generate income just because I'm doing my band or this podcast or YouTube videos or TikTok videos or whatever. That allows me to take nothing and generate income from it. So something to think about, especially obviously if you're a band, but if you're uh, any type of thing, just try to make some type of merch the thing, some something simple, make some mugs or some. Like I've got like uh, some like Yeti uh, like koozies and like uh, like a grinder and shirts and all sorts of different things that I'm going to have available and none of it I'm really paying for up front uh, and you can have that and that's something that people that like your stuff or like the things that you're doing or believe in you they can purchase to back you up and support you and you don't have to do anything extra to create more income from the thing that you're doing you're just doing you. And people want to invest in you. You're giving them another asset that they can invest in to invest in you. So another one would be creating some type of income generating source from the knowledge that you've worked on. So many of us on here, creatives, business owners, people have collected knowledge very specifically to one thing for a long period of time. And we're usually humble on the show. So many people who are just so damn talented on the show and Listeners are are so damn talented, so smart, but they just are very humble and they don't really feel like they are, but they are comparatively to anyone that doesn't do the thing that they do. You know, recently I hired music video people. I'm hiring people to help me with marketing. I hire people to help me with design. There's a lot of things that I'm not good at that people have assimilated education on and knowledge and skill on for years and years and years that I don't have the, I can't do it. I don't have the ability to do it. And so one-on-one is great. Like I love working with bands and I love working with podcasters and authors to help them with the things that they're trying to create, their music and their audio. And I like being one-to-one with them. But what about creating a course or like a video series or like a cheat sheet? I know in like some industries, like 
uh, Pat Flynn, he got like started uh, making a lot of income from like a cheat sheet to get through a testing specific to like architects, right? So it's random, but there's like little things like what can I, once again, what can I create from nothing except for what I have? So the clothes on my back, the knowledge in my head, even if, especially if it's digital, it's even better. You're not creating a physical good. I'm able to create something that people can purchase. They want to invest in me. They want to invest in the knowledge that I have or the music that I create or my process. What can I create that is another thing for them to purchase out of nothing? So that's another source for you. The last is going to be much less passive, much more one for one, but it's a great way that a lot of my friends have found uh, to fill up their schedule if they're living a flexible life, if they're already full time right now, but they are quote unquote the starving artists. Uh, filling up dead time with like gig economy stuff. They don't pay great or some of them don't. Some of them do pay pretty well, but like Uber, all the food delivery apps, Instacart, all these different things that you can do as like a gig life. You don't have to be employed by someone. You don't have that clogging up your schedule and and messing up what you have for flexibility to be able to do the thing that you want to do, but you can fill it up with work when you have free spots or maybe you have like three hours of dead time before something or whatever, that's just another great resource to be able to fill up your schedule and add extra income. Even if it's not as passive as a way when you have dead time, you can turn the dead time into income. So that's just a huge, huge list right now of things that you can do right now, even if you don't have a lot to create income from things that you already have. So hopefully that's a bunch of good ideas. I've been thinking about these things. I've been doing some of these things and I'm working on some of these things for myself uh, for some time. And then there's a lot of friends of mine that do a plethora of these different things as well. And it really pushes the needle. So one thing that I would say with this, if you're focused on something that is creating income, find a way to automate that and make it so that you're obviously not doing a lot of things for that time to create the income so that that way you have time to do more things. However, or but more importantly, I think it's really great to have those so that the accounts feed into specific bank accounts that are for a specific purpose, whether it is to eliminate your overhead. And so you fill up those bank accounts so that they stop something from attacking you every month, like your bills that you are obligated to pay right now or you're eliminating maybe your highest interest debt or your smallest piece of debt. So you can keep eliminating snowballing through the debt that you have that's weighing over your head. Maybe that's what's stopping you from things, or you have it pointed to like really, really aggressive tasks. Maybe you're trying to buy something to start your business. You're trying to buy something that's going to make you more money, or it's going to expedite the process for you on something, or it's going to make you more money, you know, whatever it is automatically funneling these payments that you're starting to create from nothing, putting them into a bank account that's very specific and not lost in the sauce of all other transactions that you have from your checking account and making it so that this is guided to do something really important for you and specific to the main goal that you have for your life and the main goal that you're doing right now. Hopefully that's something that can really help you to push some things out of your way to get ahead and to not be a starving artist. So these are all the things that I think that could be helpful for people that are saying that they are starving artists. Like, listen, I know that sometimes someone calls you up from LA. You just got to move out there and figure it the fuck out. I know uh, sometimes you just got to hang out and do whatever work you can in New York. I know, I know like how it can be. 
and you do have to do whatever you got to do. If the opportunity is right, you got to just make it happen. And I've been in many situations where you're just making it happen somehow. You're sleeping on the floor, you're sleeping on the couch, you're making money from what you can, you're doing whatever you can to make it happen. I know that that's going to happen and it really should happen. I, I, I think that you should take those opportunities and, and do those risks that other people won't do that weed them out and get them out of your way. But you don't have to be a starving artist. There's so many ways right now with this digital era that we are living in and there continue to be more of ways to generate income for the people, by the people, you know, not to be so, uh, I don't know with it, but there's so many new ways to generate income from things that you already have right now, or it wouldn't be trouble to get, you know, especially if you're crafty and you're doing things on Facebook market or Craigslist and you're getting things for free or low cost, or you're fixing something up like really easily with skills that you have. There's so many creative ways that you can create additional income opportunities from nothing that you don't have to have nothing anymore. I like truly believe that. So especially if you're going forward in a way of making these decisions when you're choosing where you're living, what you're driving, what you're eating, what you're doing in a way that is strategic specifically to make it so that you have the lifestyle that you want versus uh, like short-term wins that feel good for a little bit, but are not net net what you actually want to do. So hopefully this is a, a, a helpful episode for you. This is a really good exercise for me to like think about these things of like what uh, could be helpful for me. There's a lot of these things that I haven't done that could be really helpful that I'm working on. There's some things that I've done in the past, but I didn't do well. So this is a really good exercise for me to think about what can kind of move the needle for me. And hopefully this is something that may help you or a friend or something like that. So if you got a friend that talks about this stuff, shoot them over this episode, share it with them. I'd appreciate it. And I, I like hearing. Uh, I like more people hearing and, and being a part of the show. Let me know what you think. If you want to hit me up at Dave Wake Up or on any at Dave Wake Up on any social or Wake Up From Work Podcast at gmail.com, wakingupfromwork.com. Hit me up. Let me know what you think about what this episode was on, what your situation is, or anything you want to share about things that have worked for you in the past, especially if there's one that I didn't mention. I would love to hear it. And uh yeah. Have an awesome week. Don't be a starving artist. You can have your cake and eat it too. And I will see you on Thursday with Colin. We'll talk about skateboarding and music and business. So cheers. Thank you guys. <laughs>